Welcome back to the 7pm Cafe Podcast. Today we have the second episode of the mini-series, The Circus. We are at the Big Apple Circus at the Lincoln Center directly from New York City. We have the opening act today with us, Ellie Huber, aerialist, singer. She sat with me on our day off to talk about her journey in the circus. Go grab your coffee, your tea, your favorite drink, and listen. Welcome to the 7pm Cafe Podcast. Our guest today is Ali Huber, circus artist, aerialist, singer, performer, trapeze, silks, hoops. What inspired you to start? I was a artist always after shows and being on, you know, being on the stage. Like I did dance classes when I was little. But the main thing that inspired me to start circus was Robin from Batman and Robin. So he was a, uh, I was watching uh, Batman Returns and Robin does this flying to free scene and I just thought it would be such a cool job. So then I started researching circus schools and then I started, and then I started uh, training at like a local circus school in my house and eventually kind of kept going from there. When did you start, you got your first circus job? My first professional paid circus job, I was 17. Wow. Yeah. So it's been, I'm about to turn 33, so it's been nearly 16 years. How was that experience? I was so excited. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I just kept, it's, it was a bit of an addiction. I just kept wanting to do more. <laughs> yeah. You do a lot of trapeze silks. Which one do you enjoy the most? Trapeze, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of different types of trapeze. Like, for people that don't know, there's swimming trapeze, Washington trapeze, static trapeze, dance trapeze, double trapeze. Bunch, bunch of different types. The two main ones that my main specialty is swimming trapeze, which is um, not flying trapeze with a net and a troop, but just one that kind of goes back and forth. It's a solo act, and um, that's what I'm trained in specifically. But I um, really like doing dance trapeze because it's a bit more swimming trapeze is really technical and you have to be really focused. Whereas for me, dance trapeze is a little bit more free in that I don't have to concentrate so much. But swinging trapeze is more free and like this flight and this like freedom feeling. It's kind of weird. Maybe they're both freedom, but like in a different way. <laughs> so you do kind of like sing and do trapeze at the same time. Mm -hmm. How do you manage to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I always, I've been singing longer than I have been doing circus. And I just, I always love musicals. So I just wanted to combine both together. When I started doing it, thought it would be easier than it was initially and then when I started doing it I realized that it wasn't as easy as I thought. <laughs> I mean I started doing that probably about 15 years ago as well but I'm kind of once you realize it's, it's a lot of trial and error because there's no one that really there was no one to teach me to do it so I had to figure it out for myself so it was yeah there's lots of figuring out where to breathe and how to choreograph things and how to it can be done it just has to be done in the right way and the right timing and the right songs and the right movements and it's just about trying to try to put all of that together but then eventually when I really started doing it's like swinging trapeze it's a lot of cardio so you really have to have a lot of breath control so I would start then running on a treadmill after training I'd train for an hour or two and then as soon as I'd finish with my coach I'd go on the treadmill or the elliptical and I would have my song on repeat I felt bad for everybody who was 
studio because I would always <laughs> have my headphones in and I'd be singing the same song over and over and over and over, trying to like not let it affect my voice when I was rapping. <laughs> Circle Light opens you to travel. How has that been for you? I mean, that's like a dream come true. I never thought necessarily that I would get the opportunity to travel the world, even though it was a goal of mine. I mainly, the main thing that drew me to circus was performing and, and being an aerialist. And then to be able to get to travel with it has just been, like, phenomenal. Like, you never know where you're going to go. Obviously, with COVID, it's been much more difficult. But before that, it's just really cool to be, like, living out of a suitcase. Like, for 10 years, I, I didn't really have, like, a place, as a stable place that was, like, my home. Because you always have to be ready to go. Like, you could get a call and be like, okay, we need, we need someone. Like, in three weeks, can you come? And he's like, yeah. You know, and it might just be Malaysia or now I'm in New York or wherever it might be, which is really really cool because you never know who you're going to meet or, or yeah or exactly where you're going so that's really exciting where has been the place that you have gone that you never thought of going i mean i've thought of going everywhere because i've been everywhere <laughs> <laughs> interesting question i worked on a cruise ship which was interesting so we went to a lot of different islands i never thought i would have worked in switzerland maybe i got to do a tour in switzerland that was pretty amazing i never thought How has it been cultural to see so many different cultures? Oh, I mean, phenomenal. I love it. And not just within within a country, but within the circus. So, you know, if you go and do a job in Asia or in Canada or anywhere in Europe or something, sure you're in Italy, so you're immersed in that culture and you're going to places that maybe aren't so touristy and it can be more for local people. So you're not, you know, you're seeing places that you wouldn't go mm-hmm. if maybe if you were just traveling by yourself like for a holiday but for me as well it's also about the cast because like something that I always think is so amazing is when you're having dinner you all go out to dinner with the cast and you know there's a table of like 15 20 people or something and not one person is from the same place you know someone next to you is from Poland and someone you know to your left is from Peru or something you know and it's just really cool to just try and have like conversations with people that don't even speak the same language you know but somehow you can all communicate and that's what I love about circus it's really yeah it's really cool What did you say would be the hardest part of your job, mentally or physically? Every day is different. It's really different. And the circumstances are always really different depending what country you're in. Sometimes it might be, you know, if you're in Australia or Asia and it's like summer, sorry, and it's like, you know, 40 degrees Celsius outside. And then in the tent, it's like 10 more degrees. And then you're up in the roof with lights on you and it's you're melting and you're like, am I just going to slip off the bar? Or, you know, maybe you're just like, you're finding it really hard to focus and concentrate or you're, it's winter and it's like minus 15 outside and you're like really cold and it's like a morning show and it's really hard to warm up. Like those sorts of things can make it really difficult physically and mentally actually, but it's always, it always switches from one to the other. Sometimes my body can feel really great and sometimes I can just have, you know, all these just injuries and you've just got to push through it. Um, so I don't think that one's harder than the other. I think it really, like, switches between, <laughs> depending on the situation and just on my mental state, you know. Sometimes my body's feeling good, so I'm feeling good, or vice versa. Yeah, that's, I like that. That's an interesting question. I wouldn't say one's more difficult than the other. It's definitely, like, a constant battle between the two. The different countries that you've been to, have you seen any difference or similarities between the audience? Oh, in different countries. It's really interesting how, as a gen- general public, respond to shows. Of course, it depends what show it is as 
well, you know, it could be more, um, you know, if you have a really big audience participation or you're at a festival, like a street festival or you're in a theatre, like people just react differently as well, even if it's the same place but it's a 10 a.m. show or an 8 p.m. show, you know, they're quieter in the morning. So it's always different like that too. But in general, I've found countries like Germany and Italy, the audience are really vocal, especially in Italy, like, People love to like just be yelling out, like you know, during the act, and, like cheering, and they're really like they're not afraid to like make some noise. Whereas in other places, I don't think sometimes people are worried if they make noise, they're like, oh, it's just gonna fall. Like or they just, or people just still really appreciate it, but they're just like quiet and they like to, you know, sit back and enjoy it. In some places in South, in like Southeast Asia, I've had shows where they're just everybody's watching the show through their phone and they're filming it through their phone, and that's that's another really interesting. As well, because I feel as feel like maybe in like in Germany and in, in Switzerland and in Europe, people are less. I mean, this is a big generalization, but just from my experience doing tours in different countries, Europe they're more likely to watch the show and less likely to film. Mm-hmm. And then some. I mean, some some places or shows say you're not allowed to, and some places want to. So it can always be a mix. But I just remember finding it really interesting. For example, like in Singapore, it's like everyone's filming and they're cheering and they're really enjoying it and they're really they're watching. They're not always just watching it through their phone, but they're like you know you look up and like seventy or eighty percent of the <laughs> audience are, are filming and you're like, are you really going to watch that? You know, and I'm on the trip, he's swinging back and forth, looking at all these glowing <laughs> screens, going, are you guys actually going to watch this later? That's weird. <laughs> but yes, yeah, yeah, it's always interesting and, and age as well. I find is a big factors too you know if you've got families and stuff like I've done shows for lots of school groups where kids just love screaming their heads off or when I was on a cruise ship you could really tell the difference because the longer the cruises the more older the people were and the shorter they were they were more middle-aged and then like just on the weekend after work and then like a week long was always families and the difference in the audience based on the age was also really interesting as well I just found older people would just they'd be more likely to come up to you afterwards and just say like oh, I really I really love what you're doing it it's interesting, yeah, just the, all the difference of audiences and how that also affects you. Any feedback that you remember the most? People can just be so generous and really lovely about your act and you kind of, it's really nice when you do get feedback because sometimes, you know, it is really hard and you're really exhausted. It, it's a really rewarding job, but it can be really exhausting and then you get, like, I've had, you know, a few years later, like, someone sent me an email being like, you know, my daughter came and watched you when you were at this show in Canada and, you know, she's been having singing lessons ever since and she does circus now. You know, it's really cool because you forget that you can maybe be an inspiration to someone else or you like, because you don't, you don't always see yourself that mm-hmm. way. And so when someone then says that to you, you're like, oh, you know what, like, like you don't remember that performance, someone else it made a real, you know, impression on them. That's really cool. Like, oh, wow. Like, it's, I don't know. It's a really nice feeling. Yeah, for sure. But I don't remember exactly like one specific thing, but just, you know, why were you doing in 2019 before COVID happened? Oh. <laughs> in 2019, I was kind of based in Montreal, but I was jumping around between contracts. I had been working in London, in Hyde Park there, and I think I that summer I did a contract in Italy, and then I went back to Sydney to spend Christmas with my family. And then just after Christmas, I decided I was going to move to Berlin and change my base. And I moved to Berlin at the very beginning of March. And then a week later, we went into lockdown. <laughs> How was that for you as your career? I mean, I didn't 
anticipate, I think any of us really anticipated how long this would go on for, unless, you know, you know all of that. Neuroscientists and studies or you know, I'm sure lots of people in the medical field were like, this is going to come back, very strange. But you know, I was like, I don't know how long this could last six, eight weeks. You know, I'll stay here. My brother was like, come back to Sydney, like, what are you doing? I was like, no, 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 it's fun. And obviously, it was really hard because everything about my life, my like, like training, work, travel, performing, basically, entertainment and travel were two of the two of the things that just completely mm-hmm. stopped existing. For that time, you know, you couldn't really go anywhere, or no one was going to hire you. So financially, it was really hard for me. I ended up teaching. I teach a lot as well, but I was able to get a job at a school in Berlin, um, and they were allowed to stay open because it was a, a school, a training school, like an education was a three year diploma, so it was education and not recreational. So it wasn't like just a gym. So because it was a degree, they were allowed to stay open. So I was able to work a bit there, and I also make costumes and things like that so I started my own little clothing kind of training clothes costume line called Skinted Clothing <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so then as people started just it started off with just friends and people wanting to support and then other people would see and I, I like I know what people want to wear when they're training so I make really like you know really flexible stretchy but good quality fabric and funky cool stuff as well and then people would start to contact me and ask me for stuff so that was really nice yeah and then I also had was teaching online a little bit and trying to do some online cabarets and things like that to still be able to perform and be creative. The first gig, once everything started to come in a little bit back to normal. I got a job at a, um, a dinner show in Berlin, which was really cool. But uh, it was after all, it had been so long without performing and I got this contract, it was really great. And then uh, about three days in, I got really bad tonsillitis, so I Sing, and then once I recovered from that, about a week later, then I got COVID. Wow. And so then I was out for two weeks. And then I there was two days back, and then Berlin went completely locked down again for seven months. So I had this contract that was going to be like four months long or something, and I ended up doing maybe like two weeks worth of shows, which was really, really sad. And then it kind of all happened again. I mean, we all got through the same stuff in every country. And then again, the same thing happened. Things opened up a bit. I got a contract for two months but then after four weeks it was closed again and so it's like it's always it's always hard being a freelancer because you never know when when your next job is going to be or where it's going to be but that's okay like you learn to just be okay with that and learn to you know deal with your finances and how to live in that kind of unpredictable unpredictable way but then when you do have a contract normally you, you know you can rely on how much money you're going to get for that four months or six months or something. And then to even have the contract and start there and be like, we could be done in two weeks. I have no idea. You never know. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what also makes it really hard. You got here to the Big Apple Circus. Mm-hmm. How you got this job? A friend of mine who used to work with, she did some interviews with Ringling Brothers. She's an amazing trapeze artist called Haley. She was asked by Nick Melinda. I, I don't know if they worked together or if someone recommended her because she was on Ringling. And so he contacted her and she, she wasn't available because she got a job with Soldier Slave. And so she already signed that contract and they asked if they could recommend anyone that would be helping with this show. And she was really sweet and she recommended me. And then um, Nick contacted me. And then I, I, I think they maybe contacted a few people, but I think the Phil, the director, I think he liked the fact that, that I, I could sing as well because he really likes Broadway. Mm-hmm. I liked Broadway. 
it's directed Broadway shows and you wanted to bring an element of Broadway to this show. So, yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. what that's how I came up, which I'm so grateful for. It's so amazing to be living and performing at Lincoln Centre, singing at Lincoln Centre. <laughs> how do you describe working during the pandemic? Working during the pandemic is difficult because, I'm, I mean, I'm so grateful that you could be having a job right now. There's so many little things that make it different. Like, for example, in this show, the way the show was created in a specific way, so when people were to get sick, they could be pulled out of the show. So there's a bunch of solo acts, and it was really cleverly done in the, you know, so we never had to close. There are other shows with, like, 15 people in the chorus, so if one person gets sick, everyone gets sick quite quickly. But because we've got a lot of solo acts, kind of, and we're all living on site, they've, they've managed to do that really well. But also because of that, always you feel a bit more restricted because also you have this kind of not pressure but just responsibility where you're like I don't want to get get COVID and then other people get sick and then people end up losing their jobs and then we have to close down so there's like this extra you know we're in New York so you want to go and do everything but you also like when I when I wasn't working I wouldn't feel like as much pressure to like go to the show or get on something at the supermarket or whatever like we're in this situation it's kind of I feel like I have more responsibility for, for all, the, all my other colleagues and everyone else that I'm working with. I've worked really well together to stay out of it. Obviously, it's out of, it is out of your control <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's an interesting time to be working for sure, and I'm super grateful for that. Yeah, I feel like we did kind of good. Like, for people that don't know, a lot of Broadway shows had to close. They closed, most of them closed for a week, for two weeks. So then, not because they were made to, like the state could yeah. make it close. Yeah, they're just too many people sick yeah. to run. Some of them close for the season completely. Some of them are coming back for the spring. They close. We are really kind of like blessed that we are closing on our set date <laughs> where we're supposed to close on January 30. This is going to air after, so we close in the time that we were. Sadly, we didn't stand. We wanted to stand, but yeah. the circumstances. But even to finish. Yeah. When we were meant to finish is amazing. Like I said, my last two contracts didn't last more than a couple of weeks, you know. And so it's, I mean, it also has a different energy where you're like, you're really performing like every show, like this could be the last one, you know. <laughs> so it also has that, like every show you have like a bit more energy because you're like, I really, you're more grateful to be on stage. I mean, I'm grateful anyway when I'm performing pre-COVID, but like every single day, you're like, wow, really, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like we felt it. Even like I work as an usher. And we really hit the point, I think it was around Thanksgiving when the new variant hit. And those three weeks, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, it really felt like it could be it. <laughs> oh, it, it was like everything just like New York just kind of blew up and you could just tell. And it was like everyone, everyone's energy. I think also because it was, it, was, it was like holiday season and mm-hmm. Christmas and everyone just felt really like depleted because shutting everyone was getting sick and you know it's just like oh this is gonna be it but we're still here <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah question this so now that we're closing this is our last weekend like i said this is gonna be after so we close yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's next for you so i plan on trying to get back to australia because i haven't been able to go back to see my family since this all started two years ago so it's like two years ago when i started and, uh, yeah, I had a flight and then that got cancelled. Flights are still always being cancelled. And that's that's my, that's my mission. I have a job, a potential job in April in Sydney. And I'd really like to be able to get back there. <laughs> but I always take it with a grain of salt because 
until I'm actually there. Mm-hmm. My goal is to get there. <laughs> and spend like two and a half months or something at least with my family and then back to Berlin. So I'm still based in Berlin. But yeah, it's been a real struggle trying to get back. Australia didn't let people back in and you had to have exemptions if you wanted to leave again. So hopefully I can get back and fortunately it'll be winter there. So it's winter here and then I'll go back to winter there. <laughs> yeah, that's my plan. And then hopefully I'll have another job for Christmas, but take it one a little one month at a time. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that pandemic gave us is like appreciate the time. Like yeah. we used to live so much on the planning. Yeah, yeah. And like what's next, what's next? Yeah. And now we get to like okay let's take this month and like this job and then we'll yeah. figure it out later <laughs> yeah you know what's gonna happen next month and like like i said as a circus artist you kind of live a bit like that anyway because it's really you, you know i've never done a contract that's more been more than six months so i never know where i'm going to be in more than six months time but this is like now now go quite each month <laughs> yeah you do trapeze. What else do you want to do? Or do you want to stay just in trapeze? I mean, I do all aerials other than straps. <laughs> I do silks, um, pretty much anything that hangs. But trapeze is definitely my favorite. It's what I'm most comfortable on. But I, I'm really starting to get more and more interested in music and singing. And I want to start kind of furthering that a bit more. Maybe leaning a little bit more into burlesque and things that aren't as strenuous and corny. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm turning 33 next month, and I mean that's not old, but for circus, like you know, you know, you can go up to your 40s or whatever. But I'd like to start focusing a little bit more on music and singing. I started learning some music theory and you know playing some ukulele, and I want to try and make more ground-based acts based around that, just so I kind of can have a smooth transition, maybe being into a wedding singer. <laughs> no, I'll always be involved in circus. I'll always be hanging around the circus. <laughs> now that we are finishing the circus, what would you take away from the Big Apple Circus from New York? I mean, this has definitely been one of the highlights of my career. It's the Big Apple Circus that we sent I've, I think this has been, I mean, I work in all different styles and all different types of shows, like whether it's traditional circus or contemporary or in the theatre or something like that, and I, I always, you know, whether you're living in a caravan or a hotel or wherever it might be, I always really, really enjoy the change in having different people doing different acts. But this act really, I feel like, like the director and the composer of this show really highlighted each artist and got to know us and created and helped us create acts with music and everything that really fit the style of who we are. So I really, really, really enjoy it. It's really hard being on stage when you get given a song that you don't connect with you don't really like or you know you're really tired it's a morning show and you're like my body hurts and you go on and then, you know it's not a song that, that you really like makes you want to dance like <laughs> but my music and the opening act and it's such an inspirational message that like every single day I really enjoy being on stage and I think I'm really gonna miss I'm really gonna miss performing this act because it always gives me so much energy like feel the director was literally just like I just want you to have fun like just like that's your like that's what you need to do in your act okay cool and so they made this this awesome song and I think I'm really going to take away like I mean I've met some amazing friends and people here which is just incredible I definitely have some friends for life but I think just the memories of of actually the the music of the show and the yeah the composition and the direction has been something really cool that I really liked about this season. Want to share your 
your social media so people can follow you or oh, your yes. website so they can find your work? <laughs> sure. Okay, so my personal uh, artist page, the circus singing and everything, is Ellie underscore Hoover underscore. And then I also have my design page, which is skinted underscore costumes underscore clothes. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, for costumes and training clothes and anything really I've made for clothes. Whatever you want to make, I'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. No worries, no worries. Thanks for having me. <laughs>